Episode 10, Tang Dynasty, How to Govern People Equally. Hello, and welcome to Stuff You Missed in Chinese History. I'm Patrick Flannery. The situation of the Hu changed depending on the era. Things were different during the reign of Li Ximin, Emperor Taizong of the Tang Dynasty. Why? Because in his mind, there was no difference between the Hu and the Han. When he was Prince of Qin, the future emperor had already become a sworn brother with the Tuli Khan from Tujua, or Turk. Later, as the Tang dynasty conquered the Turks and the western regions, Emperor Taizong of Tang was respected as the Khan of Heaven by ethnic minorities. In other words, Li Ximin became a co-lord, or common monarch, of the nomadic peoples in Northeast Asia. Emperor Taizong of Tang expressed his generosity by saying that since ancient times, the central plains in China were noble, but barbaric tribes were common. But I treat all of them equally. All the tribes are attached to me and treat me like a parent. An emperor of the Central Plains dynasty told the ethnic minorities that I treat people the same no matter who or Han. This had never happened before in recorded Chinese history. We now know that the attitude of the Tang dynasty toward ethnic minorities was completely different from that of previous dynasties. All men are created equal. This modern concept was proposed and even realized about 1400 years ago in China, 1100 years before it was included in the U.S. Declaration of Independence. The Tang Dynasty was not only the co-master of the surrounding ethnic minorities, but also gradually became the co-master of East Asia. Today's model for East Asia took shape during the Sui and Tang Dynasties. In 600 CE, at the time of Emperor Yang of the Sui Dynasty, Japan sent its first official diplomat to Sui. He brought with him the credentials of Prince Shotoku, which said, I am the, I am the emperor, emperor at sunrise. At sunrise. Write a I letter to you, you the, the emperor, emperor at, at sunset. sunset. Emperor Yang was very unhappy with this and decided that Japan was rude. Later, during the Tang Dynasty, Japan shifted its posture. The Japanese court sent 19 official diplomats to Tang. There were at least 100 people in each delegation, with the largest boasting more than 500 people. The Japanese diplomats took the Tang technologies of agriculture and construction, clothing, religion, and customs back home. One group of diplomats was even accompanied by a famous Tang monk named Tianjin on their return trip to Japan. Monk Tianjin's eastward crossing was a typical example of the outward transportation of Tang culture. It's often said that if you want to experience the Tang dynasty, go to Japan. This makes sense since the country has preserved several of the dynasty's cultural elements. For example, Tosho Daiji Temple, located in today's Nara City, was built by Jianzhen after his arrival. The same happened in Korea. During the Tang Dynasty, there were three kingdoms in Korea, Sila, Beij, and Gogolio. The Sila, who had a relatively close relationship with the Tang Dynasty, finally defeated the Gogolio and Beij and unified the Korean Peninsula. Thus, all East Asia was under the influence of Tang culture. You are listening to Some You Missed in Chinese History, written and produced by Zhu Wang, presented by Patrick Thunder. 
The Tang Dynasty also had Huqin, or peacemaking marriage. The most famous was the union of Princess Wancheng of the Tang Dynasty and Songsun Gampo of Tubo. Tubo was an old name for Tibet. However, the Tang Dynasty's approach to Huqin differed to the previous cases, which we're more familiar with. After Princess Wancheng arrived, Tubo sent many children to Chang'an to study, which had never happened before. This reflected the charm of Chang'an during the prosperous Tang Dynasty. The culture produced by the hybrid of the Han and the Hu formed a cultural circle radiating across Northeast Asia. Chang'an became a capital of all nations with a high degree of internationalization. Its population surged to more than one million and the three major Hu faiths namely the Xi'an religion, Christianity, and Manichaeism, all had their own temples there. At that time, the number of Hu people who registered in the Foreign Affairs Department in Chang'an reached 4,000, and their living expenses were paid by the Tang government. During the Tang Dynasty, there were many Hu living along the Silk Road, and in cities like Dunhuang and Wuwei, the number of Hu outnumbered the Han. As a result, the habits of the people in Chang'an also incorporated many foreign customs. An Lushan, a Tang dynasty general who's primarily known for instigating the rebellion that now carries his name, excelled at dancing the Hutong and Songdian whirl. The latter was characterized by spinning, leaps, and backflips. The An Lushan rebellion marked the turning point of the Tang dynasty's transition from rise to fall. We'll talk about it in the next episode. The citizens of Chang'an also liked to play polo. It wasn't a Han sport since it required horses, an animal the Han people were not familiar with raising. People from the western regions living in Chang'an liked to wear Han Chinese fashion because it made it easier to communicate with the locals and marry Han women. It said that a prince of state in the western regions would rather stay in Chang'an than inherit the throne. That's how attractive Chang'an was. The integration of Hu people, or foreigners, and Han people was not only common in Chang'an or along the Silk Road, it was taking place throughout the country. For example, during the Huang Chao Rebellion in the late Tang Dynasty, rebels broke into Guangzhou and killed more than 120,000 foreigners. When Yangzhou was occupied by the rebel forces, thousands of Arab and Persian merchants were killed. A less bloody example of how foreign trends were popular in Chang'an is that of Emperor Xuanzong of Tang, who once built a palace that one official thought reflected the emperor's extravagance. Upon entering the palace to express his disapproval, he saw fan blades being driven by the water. The emperor permitted him to sit on a stone stool surrounded by ice cubes. After a while, the official couldn't stand it. He shuddered and his stomach rumbled. It said that he was seriously ill for several days. The palace was operating one of the earliest air conditioners in China. At that same time, senior officials had installed an automatic raining pavilion in their homes, which sprayed water from the ceiling. This cooling technique is likely to have been introduced by the Eastern Roman Empire, another example of the integration of Chinese and Western cultures during the Tang Dynasty. You might wonder whether such openness and tolerance also cause some problems. Well, in our next episode, we'll talk about the aforementioned An Lushan Rebellion and what it meant to the Tang Dynasty. 
Thanks so much for listening to Stuff You Missed in Chinese History. I'm Patrick Flannery. I'll see you next time. Special thanks go out to Sanlian Zhongdu for their help in creating the content for this show. If you like the podcast, please give us a rating and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen.